hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Persia. Mark Persia. Welcome to another installment of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. This is episode 342, and each week we're edging ever closer to April 2023, which will mark the 12th anniversary of this damn show. I'm your every other weekly host, Mark Hershon. And I want to thank everyone who's taken time out to Venmo us donations to keep this show going. Our grand total since first announcing that we'd be accepting funds through Venmo a couple of months back is zero. Zip. Zilch. Apparently, you guys aren't really fans of commercial-free content. And no, I don't count our phony Henderson's Pants ads as real ads. So, we're going to stop beating the Venmo drum. Instead, this week starts my concerted effort, finally, after all these years, to find this show some real paying sponsors. A lot of the shows that we feature, well, they have commercials, so why shouldn't we? It's high time that me and our co-host, Tyson Saner, start to see some kind of return for cranking this thing out every week, don't you think? So, if you're interested in sponsoring Suckatash, just email our sales team at adsads at SuckatashShow.com. There. Done. The aforementioned Tyson was here last week with Epi 341, a show entitled Cartoons, Shakespeare, and Tinseltown, a show that included a trio of clips from the Bancroft Brothers Animation Podcast, Willie Shakers, and the Hollywood Experience. You can still grab that handful of Suckatash from your favorite Soundcast distribution points, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and so many others, not the least of which is our home site, SuckatashShow.com. That's also where our archive lives, with over 11 years of clips and chats. I myself have a February foursome of clips in store for you this episode. We'll be hearing from Extra Nuggets, Hollywood Gold, and The Downside, as well as from a show that we featured before. One of the hosts is not just a friend of Suckatash, but a close personal friend of mine, and that I have appeared on this show several times, including just last week, it's Monster Party. We had a great time talking about, well, well, you'll hear about it in just a minute. This week's episode, until we can find some sponsors with some real money to bring to the table, is still brought to you by Henderson's Pants, timely parka pants. Just the stuff to keep your chilly getaway sticks from snapping off in the cold. With nothing further to delay the inevitable, Let's get right into the clips. This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Let's get this succotash party started with what I was just talking about a moment ago. The Monster Party Soundcast. The four gents behind this show came up with the idea when they were crashing in a hotel at the San Diego Comic-Con a number of years ago. As they partied and got increasingly blotto, their discussion turned into a loud argument about what monster or sci-fi or superhero or action movie, TV show, or comic book was better than the other. 
Realizing that this was a nerd goldmine idea sure to get them laid, the Fab Foursome, Matt Weinhold, Sean Sheridan, Larry Stroth, and James Gonis kicked off their show. I've had the pleasure of being a guest a number of times, and just last week was the latest. Their topic? Superhero Obscura. Namely, digging up some of the most forgotten and unknown comic book heroes ever to don a cape. Since I was the guest of honor, I sliced out a snippet where I talked about the mysterious and forgotten Captain Marvel. No, not that one. The other one. No, no, no. The other one. Never mind. You'll see. Mark, back to you, buddy. Why don't you give us another one? All right. All right. I'm going to bring up a hero you guys probably have not heard of before. Captain Marvel. <laughs> uh, well, no, but I know well, I know there are several different Captain Marvels. Yes, though. different. There yes. are. There's there's the Captain Marvel that we know from that became Shazam because of a lawsuit. Right. There's Marvel's Captain MCU's Marvel. MCU's Captain Marvel, right? And awesome. there's giant action issue Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Captain no. Marvel. Yes, from 1966 from MF Enterprises. And this Captain Marvel had the ability to separate parts of his body. And Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he like, didn't he like, he would say split. Split. He would go split. And, <laughs> and his arms and legs and head and chest would all go off separately. And what I love is, I don't know if you can see in the illustration on this cover here, but one of these guys <laughs> looks like Stan Lee from. <laughs> Mark, um, wasn't this the result of the lawsuit? The name Captain Marvel became available for shortly and somebody yes. snatched it up. I think it's the guy who did eerie publications. Myron Fast. Myron Fast. Myron yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he he I mean he was shrewd businessman. He saw that that opportunity to yeah. you know take advantage of that copyright. It's like when they made that Fantastic Four film because the rights were available for a short right. period of time. Oh. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, what Captain strange, Marvel he, he, what strange just seems awful. Just seems like an awful awful <laughs> guy. Although it's funny cuz they used that power that was in the the um, Suicide Squad movie, the uh, Nathan Fillion played that character that could separate his arms. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's I right. What they called him, the something kid. You're right. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. so it's almost like they borrowed it from that Captain Marvel character. But anyway, it's just so interesting that the some of these names, people go, let's call our guy Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's totally. amazing. Especially since there was already a, a huge comic line called Marvel. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. the fact, it just yeah. gets so confusing. You thought, oh, yeah, Captain Marvel, they named it after their their company. Like, it's just waste weird. Yeah. Yes. Well, and then in Britain, there was Marvel Man, who was basically their ripoff of Captain Marvel. No. <laughs> yeah, right? Marvel Man? Right, James? Well, he, yeah. Yeah, did and then and so, British, did a British flag on him or something? Or? Well, no, no, it was just a, kind of a, I mean, very similar costumes even, and it was the like the it was the Marvel Man family, Kid mm-hmm. Marvel Man and Aunt Marvel Man, and yeah, and so they, they had this group of characters, and they were dopey comics, but then later Alan Moore got a hold of them mm-hmm. and revamped it into this serious kind of dark take on the Shazam story. Huh. And it's one of my favorite comics of all time. But they Is that Miracle Man? Miracle. They had to change the name. They had to change oh, the name, right. Because yeah. it was too much like Marvel. So they changed it into Miracle Man. Wow. Which is being made into a movie, I understand. Miracle. It is I, really. I think Ooh. so. Can't wait. Wow. Wow. 
that's so such a weird convoluted history with that. <laughs> yeah, know. they should make like a new movie where they get kind of like they did with the Spider-Man movie. They get all the Spider-Mans from the different Marvel franchises, verse? just like yeah. Mar- Marvel Mania, and they just put all the Marvel <laughs> Captain Marvel characters together and fight. God, wow. I just like to see the lawyers fighting that one out. That would be the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> split my fee. <laughs> Man, I love those guys. They're always so fun. And I'm going to have them on Succotash in the very near future, so stay tuned. You can get your Monster Party wherever Soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded, including their home site at monsterpartypodcast.libsyn.com, or just go to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, where you will always find clickable links to the shows and also all the hosts and guests' socials, at least the ones we can find. Some people are not on social media, and God bless them for that choice. At a couple dozen episodes under her belt, the host of Hollywood Gold Soundcast, Daniela Taplin-Lundberg, a movie producer in her own right, interviews other producers and filmmakers to help us look under the hood of some of the films we know and love. I grabbed a clip from an episode that dropped last month where she focused on the movie The Big Sick, written by Kamel Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon, which is a fantastic kind of surprise, hit from six years ago. Six years ago? Yes, that was 2017. Crazy. Anyway, she caught up with her old friend and the director of this movie, Michael Showalter, to deep dive into how this movie got made. The clip you're about to hear is about some of the casting of the film and the process of getting it down in the funny, touching, sweet style that he did. Once you had the financing in place, had you already started casting or were you guys waiting for that to happen? Do you remember? We were waiting. Okay. I'm pretty sure we got the financing first and then we went about casting the movie. And um, we knew we wanted Ray Romano. We knew we wanted Holly Hunter. Judd knew Holly Hunter a little bit Mm -hmm. and then also knew Ray Romano a little bit. And so like, you know, that's the amazing thing. You know, one of many amazing things about Judd Apatow is his ability to, you say Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, and then two seconds later, they're both in the movie. And it's right. like, oh my God. Right. We did cast the Emily role. Yeah. And so we met with a bunch of actors on that. And Zoe Kazan, who was, I think, someone that was on people's mind. There was a an excitement factor there about her already, but she also did come in on audition and was incredible. And And yeah, and then we were cast. And then- Casting A.D. Bryant and Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. And, and, so, like, I just and, watched uh, the movie again yesterday, Michael, and it's so good. It's oh, so thanks. good. It's so authentic and, like, naturalistic. Like, the humor just, like, feels not forced. Yeah. And I just realized you have become, I remember Peter Kajowski described you as this at your last movie premiere, but such a humanist filmmaker where you just like, yeah. allow things to happen they feel organic they feel real and that it really felt like you were laying chocolate oh, out there so oh, so good thanks. thanks dan so tell me about the process of making it was it very easy was it complex you know i think we knew we had a really good script yeah. we had worked so hard on the script and i kind of credit barry men i don't kind of credit barry Mendel. i do credit barry Mendel and judd Barry was the sort of more boots on the ground there every day, but them both for like being like, we're not going to make this movie until the script is ready. And as we all know, that doesn't always happen. There's all sorts of other things that go into it, but because they were like, we're not going to make this movie until this movie is ready to get made. 
yeah. and the script is done. Yeah. So we had a really good script going in, I felt. Yeah. And that more than anything, I think is like a, if you have a really good script going in, like that's, you know, 90% right. of the work right. is right there. But we were very low budget, very low budget movie shooting in New York City in the summer. Mm. And so it was a tight shoot. Every day was, you know, hot and cramped and, yeah. you know, racing the clock. And as we all know, like Judd likes to do lots of takes. And so there was a lot of improvising and sort yeah. of playing with the scenes and stuff. And Kamel's he was an amazing... there many days. No, he wasn't actually, okay, okay. but the, but there he, he wasn't, but, but it was sort of like, I was tasked Encouraged. with that. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so Kumail is a big improviser. Ray Romano is an incredible improviser. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of people kind of having fun with their dialogue, but then also wanting to try to make a movie that had a, you know, that looked good and had a, right. a, a certain feel to it. Um, and, you know, Barry is a really takes his work very seriously. And so, you know, he was constantly pushing me and, mm. and, and was very much like glued to my side. Mm. Like watching and, monitor with you. Commenting. Oh, he was uh -huh. literally right next to me every second of that shoot. Okay. Um, okay. And then, you know, the, the actors, I mean, look, you know, working with Holly Hunter, working with Kumail, working yeah. with Zoe, working with Ray, like these are really serious yeah. actors who take their work really seriously. And so, it wasn't like every day was just like a big hoot, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. it was work. It was yeah. for me anyway, it was really hard work, but it was also a great experience. And like, I think felt like we were making a good movie. What a great director and what an amazing cast. I have got to rewatch the big sick now. Well, not right now. I'll finish this episode first, then right to it. You can hear some other amazing stories on Hollywood gold. Get it wherever you get your sound casts. I'll be right back with two more Jim Dandy Soundcast clips for you. But first, a word from our freeloading, non-paying, completely fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants. Hello, friend. Bill Haywatt here with some excellent news for those of you caught in wintry climbs this season. Henderson's Pants is proud to introduce their new parka pants. For years, people have been protecting their upper bodies with warm, puffy goodness, while their lower extremities had to make do with soggy jeans and steamy, sodden, thermal underwear. Uh, no more. Now, when it's time to go out into the frozen tundra that used to be your front yard, just toss on a pair of Henderson's parka pants with nothing more than briefs, boxers, or panties underneath. You're ready to shovel that driveway or make snow angels, keeping toasty warm all the while. Even if it's warm where you live, but you work in a freezing cold office, parka pants are perfect. That's because unlike your typical ski jacket, parka pants feature stylish outer material, ranging from combed cotton and linen to silk and polyester blends, so you can mix and match to go with your sport coats, suit jackets, or blouse. Originally designed for Admiral Perry, Sir Edmund Hillary, and Tenzig Norgay, Henderson's parka pants are just what you need when you're looking to put some heat in your seat. That's Henderson's, makers of fine pants since 1909, and now back to Sakatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Even as the Soundcast Ocean continues to fill with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of shows, 
I'm amazed at how inventive so many Soundcast creators have gotten at finding that little niche, that undiscovered nugget, if you will, of a subject or fodder for a new Soundcast. And nugget is exactly the right word for this next clip, which comes from a relatively new show. So new, in fact, that they've only got about a dozen episodes dropped at this point, going back to October of last year. The hosts are Dan Rubenstein and Adam Amin. Dan's one of the brains behind the Solid Verbal Media Soundcast Network, and Adam is a sports announcer with, Spo with Fox Sports. The hook to their show Extra Nuggets is to take categories from old Jeopardy shows and challenge each other to answer them. But it goes way beyond trivia. They only tackle a couple of categories an episode because every answer leads into some extra nuggets of information behind the topic. On a recent drop, one topic was historic planes. See how much of this stuff that you know. For 400, the F4U Corsair's unusual bent wings helped reduce the aircraft's drag. The wings also folded to save storage space when it operated from these as it did in the Pacific in both World War II and the Korean War. So this, the F4U, operated from these in the Pacific, both World War II and Korean War. So this plane. Man. It operated from this is, the, the, the this base is, of operations for okay, this plane. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what? Oh, God, this is so hard. It's easier. Uh, don't, don't overthink this. This is an underthink question. <laughs> what are hangers? It's, it's, the, it's a good underthink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. It really is. <laughs> um, this I is the point for, of the show. This is okay. This is what we do. If, if you're just joining us for the first yes. time, the goal is not to necessarily get all these right. Mm -mm. It's to learn something and take a few things away. Uh, aircraft carrier. Oh, that makes so all the, the sense in the world, fold of course. So the wings Yes. For storage. Are you, are you a Top Gun person? Are you a Top Gun Maverick person? Are you, I think there was a movie called, was it uh, Battleship with Rihanna? Sure. That was all sure. set, maybe against aliens? I, I never uh, saw it. Um, are you an aircraft carrier guy? As if I, one I, could I, be. If, 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 a, if a plane is coming onto an aircraft carrier and it's like a tight squeeze, I at least want to see how it goes because it seems interesting. It's so interesting. It's very I interesting. <laughs> I had to look up. I looked up the history of aircraft carriers and it was before World War II. They kind of got invented and started getting used, but not really in war settings. And then World War II, it was used obviously much more often. And then they made the, the change from coal fuel to a nuclear reactor and two nuclear reactors. Do you know how planes take off from aircraft carriers? I had no idea. You've I, seen the Top Guns. From what I understand, that they're like basically slingshotted yes! off the plane, right? I had no idea. And that's that crazy. speaks to my ignorance. But it is, it's a dual piston system. They allow a bunch of steam to build up in these giant tanks. And it's powered by the nuclear reactors. And there's a hook that hooks onto the plane. And then when the steam builds up to a certain point, they just let those pistons fire. The hook gets, you know, knocked down or whatever. This is such advanced terminology. I know. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very the, technically sound. Yes. And they have like 300 feet, whereas like a normal takeoff is like 2000 feet on a normal runway. They have 300 feet. The pilots are going four G's and it's literally called a catapult. They're yeah. catapulted off of aircraft carriers. I had no concept or clue. That is wild to me. And you know, I would imagine, I think I've seen this in, in the past, where when they land on the plane, not just when they're taking off, they're slingshotted or catapulted off, but when they're landing, 
Mm-hmm. Like you basically have to get like a like like essentially a sling for the plane to yes. fly into, and then it it expands out and eventually mm-hmm. stops the plane in its tracks before it reaches the end of the ship. It's so a hook comes down from the oh plane that gosh. grabs a cable that stretches and brings and slows the plane to like an immediate breaking. And it, in watching the videos and having it explained to me by somebody who is speaking like they're explaining it to a 15 year old, which is about right for me. <laughs> that seems about right for both of us. I, I my reaction and I was sitting next to my wife at the time. My reaction was, how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. These people. That um, is incredible. So, that's, inc- that's incredible ingenuity right there. Chances are you're going to come away both entertained and at least mildly educated after even one listen to Extra Nuggets. Check it out wherever. Our final clip for this episode takes a kind of cynical look at the world around us, or at least around host Gianmarco Ceresi. He's a comedian and a lifelong cynic, according to the show's description, and it seems when he brings in a guest who's not a stranger to cynicism, like the amazingly droll Todd Barry, the level of cynicism goes up exponentially. Here the guys are talking about when Todd started out doing stand-up back in Miami. Is mine a free episode? Or yours yeah, but I wouldn't think of it like, <laughs> not you know, not like you take it, whatever. It's main. You're on the main yeah. feed. Yeah. I'm a lost leader. I'm if we put this beyond <laughs> the Patreon, we'd be rolling in cash. Yeah. You should feel free to do that. You had a podcast. Did it stop? It it did stop. Without <laughs> fanfare, it stopped. It kind of just was like, I'm not, No emails. Hey, Todd, no I, new episode this week. I, I feel bad because I never really just said, hey, everyone, I need a break from this. I just took the break, and it's been a couple of years now. Uh-huh. But I wasn't making any money. And at some point, you're like, I'm just interviewing my friends and people I know a little bit. And then, you know, you do one, then you're like, oh, now I got to do another one. Uh-huh. Tell me about I, it. I didn't have a setup. <laughs> you guys have like a real setup. You have a producer. I didn't know. Well, I, had, I did have produ- uh, a company that put it out. but That's good. And they were nice and they were helpful. And, but I, I guess it was on me. Do How long did you do it for? Years. A few hundred episodes. I think. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, if we didn't have you, Paige, we'd probably be done by now. Yeah. It's nice to have Episode a little help, eight. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she, she does it all pro bono completely free. I was about to ask. If they're, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> that is true. See, that's... It's, see, I wouldn't have... I would have said no to this if I knew you were <laughs> exploiting we people. <laughs> well, we're all... Ex- I guess exploited. I'm not getting paid then either. With the, in, in exposure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you still got that wrestler money. You don't need cash. Uh, how many downloads are we looking at? Uh, Oh God! Uh, what well, with you on it, it will there no, will be a bump. Talking <laughs> to me like I'm stupid. Give me, listen, give the, me the, the clips, the, the social, the clips on social media. How many listeners? Get yeah, I'm, I'm going to still do this. How many more. listeners? I think we got like five k between five k really? and ten k okay. for like a hot episode. Mm. <laughs> we did get sixty million views on the podcast videos last year. So. Sixty million? Yes. Yeah. If that counts as anything. And that's worth like two ticket sales on the road. <laughs> Believe you me. <laughs> we get one pod fan every show. Yeah. Um, so, Todd, you grew up in Florida. You were born? No, I was born in the Bronx. Born in the Bronx. Yeah. But moved to Florida. When I was eight. And uh, did you like Florida? I can't say I liked it, really. I mean, <laughs> I didn't. Who can? Yeah, I mean, I lived in the kind of boring suburbs and... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I was, and who knows if I would have liked New York. It might have been my own makeup as a human being that made me not like it. What do you think of that? I agree. I went to the University of Miami. Oh, you did? And it was a huge mistake. Gigantic mistake. Why is that? Uh, well, I went for musical theater, so that's part of it. Yeah. But that's a separate thing. I think when I visited Miami, you're on vacation. It's warm. Right. There's palm trees. Uh, and then you go there and you're like, oh, this is not who I am. Two times a year, sure. Some nice warm weather, but I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm not sunny. Yeah, I never went to the beach. I went to the beach. In the course of four years, I went to the beach three three times. I was always like, Why, where's your tan, pale guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this, your parents? No, or? no. I don't know. I was just doing the generic <laughs> dumb voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I started comedy in North Miami Beach. Uh-huh. Not to make it about me, but... No, it's fine. I am the guest on your yeah. show. <laughs> and these were... This, there's the, is this the comic strip? No, this was a place called Coconuts. Coconuts. It was in a Howard Johnson's uh, hotel. And how was that club? It was good. I mean, this was... Uh, I mean, I've told this story so many times, but I'll just I'll say it again. No, I. <laughs> it was during the comedy boom of the late 80s. Do you know about the comedy boom? I've heard about it. I've, I've never fully grasped how fantastic it was compared to now. Well, it was... In, uh, I mean, my first open mic night, I went on for like 100 people who were pumped. I didn't go on at a bar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't pumped to see me. They were pumped for comedy in general. So what the, the way they did it was they would have their headliner show, like the headliner would come in Tuesday through Sunday or something like that. And then on like Sunday, they would have open mic, then the, the feature act, the middle act, and then the headliner. So they'd mm-hmm. have open micers to part of the regular show. Yeah. And people were just like, in, and these comics were not famous for the most part. And so they would just come to see, like, it was comedy. Uh, and there was like all these one nighters, just like, you know, someone would go into a bar, like, hey, what do you, you guys, what do you, when's your slow night? Tuesday? I'll bring in three comedians and get me a shitty PA. And were you making good money during this boom? I mean, you just started, I guess. No, I was, I wasn't getting good money, but I was, the fact that I was getting some money, like yeah. my first year in. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I, it was, uh, what was your question? There's a taste of the downside, which you can find everywhere around the interwebs. Incidentally, we clipped the very first episode of Todd Berry's late lamented soundcast, The Todd Berry Show, 10 years ago, way back in April of 2013. If you want to dip back into the archives at SuccotashShow.com and have a listen. So that is what I would call my February foursome of clips. Since Tyson Sainer will be here next week with his show, and I will be back the week after that with an interview I've just recorded with Josh Gilliland, co-host of the Legal Geek Soundcast, I likely won't have more clips for you in this relatively short month. What I do have for you right now is a quick dip into the tweet sack at a bird tweety, where we collect up all the names of the folks who have tossed our at Succotash show handle into their socials. At least I try to get to everybody. If you mentioned us and I missed you, please let me know at marc at succotashshow.com. That's mark at succotashshow.com. And I'll do a make good for you in an upcoming episode. In the meantime, here's those that we do have to thank for throwing our handle around. The Jock Doc Podcast and Dr. London Smith. Kind of one and the same, but not really. And my guest on the show just a couple of weeks back. Hi, Doc. Monster Party, of course. Let's Chat Podcast. Zombie Bacterium, a.k.a. Hunter Block. 
Monica Homburg, Cassie Walker, Glowpunk, Lily Holloman. Hi, Lily. E underscore Roy. Phil Lairness. Hi, Phil. The D-Head Factor. Hi, Jabs. Science Comedian. Hi, Brian. Versionary One. Never Explain Anything. Different Way Games. Cranky Mom of Six. G Movie Man. Marie Matthews. Mark Freisner. Audio Master. Salty Language Podcast. I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Dave in the Cave. Rose Spiznoggle. My favorite name this week. Rose Spiznoggle. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning this. Washed Up Goalie. Baxter Forest Twilight. And Karishka. There's your tweet, Zach. Before that was the clips. Was the clips? Were the clips. I think that's right. Anyway, I have fulfilled my soundcast obligation for another episode to you, the listener. And thanks for listening, by the way. Remember, now that we're going to stop trying to get you to Venmo us money, it just plain didn't work, we're going to go back to beating the bushes for real life sponsors with paid commercials. Maybe we'll even manage to strong arm some bucks out of old man Henderson for those pants commercials. Who knows? What I do know is that Tyson Sainer will be here in this same feed next week with episode 343 and some entertainments for you. So grab yourself some of that. And if by chance you're flying high over American soil, somehow having found yourself attached to a Chinese spy balloon, and an Air Force fighter jet scrambles by and the pilot yells out of the cockpit at Mach 2, Have you heard anything good lately? Won't you please pass him the succotash? You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.